Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Monday, January 15th. It's six minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Well, it is cold this morning. It's even colder in Iowa. But you know what? Those Iowans, they're used to this cold weather. Will it stop them from caucusing? Hopefully not. A lot of people are counting on them, specifically Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. And Nikki Haley, just days away from finding out her fate, hours away rather, uh, she's, you know, wondering if people are going to show up for her. Enthusiasm for her, not quite as high as for some of the other candidates. However, she is leading both Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, well, as far as some polls go. Uh, can you imagine, given what the weather is in Iowa, that you would spend seven seconds, much less seven hours or whatever is necessary to participate in the caucus? Because just a reminder for those of you not familiar, this is not show up and vote. Mm-hmm. That's not how a caucus works. You go to some location. It can be like a high school gym. It could be someone's house. There are all these caucus sites. And you go in there and each uh, candidate has a representative representative and then there's a poll taken or the vote taken amongst people there and then the low vote getter is knocked off and they try to convince then uh, the low vote getters people to come over to every candidate tries to convince those people to come over to their side until there's a winner at that location so it's very different than going to vote which means in this case uh, it could take numerous hours in order at your location, being on the size of the location, et cetera, to get a winner. And can you imagine, I can't imagine if it were 80 and sunny spending seven seconds to help Nikki Haley, much less in this mm-hmm. this weather, which you think it's bad here. Get ready, Bal. You ain't see nothing to what's going on out there. So that'll be really interesting, Casey, to see because really oftentimes the caucuses are a war of attrition. So when you go just straight ahead polling, like who is in the lead, it's clearly Donald Trump. And then it goes to Nikki Haley and then Ron DeSantis and then Vivek Ramaswamy. But I think the real problem for Nikki Haley is that the excitement around her if you're saying nikki haley's my person well there's less saying that but they're just not as locked in as the people who are with donald trump and even ron desantis there's a lot of enthusiasm for the people who like ron desantis they really like ron desantis the people who like donald trump they're stuck. They've been stuck. They're saying he's our guy. There's no change in their mind. But with Nikki Haley, they're wavering. They're waffling just a little bit. Now, so I think that could be a problem for her, especially when you throw the cold weather in there. Well, normally the key to winning a caucus is not being someone's first, but being able to be someone's second. Because unless your guy is in first, then being someone else's second becomes super key. And so if you were to look at, hey, if there's some place that Trump isn't winning, which based on the polling, and by the way, Tony was talking about this again today, and he has not gotten off this. He thinks DeSantis can win tonight. Hmm. And I told you before we went on air, 
he is either going to be deemed some sort of political soothsayer <laughs> or mm-hmm. we're going to point at him and laugh like Nelson Muntz on The Simpsons mm-hmm. tomorrow because that statement seems mm-hmm. completely out of left field. But if he's right, yeah. then wow, Brilliant. probably just go ahead and give that guy a show on Fox News or someplace like that because yeah. nobody else is thinking that. Trump is so far in the lead. But like I said, weather... You mentioned it. It's a war of attrition. It's a war of enthusiasm. It is different than straight voting. So we'll see what happens. The one thing that I will say is I believe that Vivek Ramaswamy is going to do better than people are saying uh, based on the polling. But we're nine hours and 49 minutes away from the process beginning. Are you going to watch this? Yeah. You are. I, if, if I can. You're yeah. going to subject yours. You're not going to watch football, something enjoyable. <laughs> you're going to. I don't know. A lot of people are saying that the NFL is being ruined by what Peacock did over the weekend. Uh, That's a whole other story. Well, we'll get to that because those people are completely uh, ridiculous. However, I don't know. I mean, I've, I have now, let's see, I've been voting. I mean, the first one I remember actively watching was 2004. That would have been the first presidential election I was eligible to vote in. So I guess I will see 4, 8, 12, 16, 20. This would be number six. I'm not doing it anymore. The results are going to be the results. Mm -hmm. What good is it going to do? I mean, because all they do is they have like people at the polling locations and they're kind of trying to give an you know, giving play by play. Well, obviously, MSNBC or Fox News can't have somebody at every single polling place so it's just guesswork and it's like hey at the smithsville gymnasium it was you know this is 2020 it was 800 for Buttigieg and 600 for biden and now we go to round two that doesn't tell me and they don't let you like in the actual thing and watch the fist fights or debates or whatever so no i'm not doing it i'll know the results you can watch it and you can tell me <laughs> what happened because i just cannot i've watched whatever that is Five, six of these now. I just, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do it anymore, Casey. So Donald Trump has the best favorability ratings currently, and this is all coming from the uh, Des Moines Register. Uh, Nikki Haley is viewed at 48% down from 59% just a month ago. Ron DeSantis down just a little bit. He's gone from 58 from 66. Vivek Ramaswamy, he's on the uptick. He gained a few points. His favorability marks are at 52% up from 46. But the thing that I think Nikki Haley really needs to be worried about is the majority of people who are supporting her are independents and even some Democrats, because if I understand this properly, in Iowa, you can go to the caucus and, and sign up for GOP night of the caucus. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's, it's just like voting in Indiana. They're not, they're not as motivated. Well, if they're but, like, oh, I'm a Democrat, but for tonight, I'm going to be a Republican. But it's just like it is. It's no different than here in Indiana. You can show up one year and say, I want a Republican primary ballot. And then the next time show up and say, I want a Democrat primary ballot. There's nothing that prohibits you from doing that. And then that's what you kind of get identified as. You're right. However, if the motivation is, hey, let's stop Trump. And let's face it, if you're a Democrat in this at this point in society, you don't have much going on in your existence anyway. What else do you have to do with your your time? You're right. The the, the, the and the and the uh, the big newspaper, the Des Moines Register, mm-hmm. is kind of has what they deem the gold standard of polling every year, right before the Iowa caucus. It's almost always right. It's almost always very accurate in terms of the percentage by which people win, lose, whatever. Trump is still like 25, 28 points or something like that ahead of Nikki Haley, who was in second in that poll, and DeSantis was in third. So this would have to be the most greatest anomaly wrong thing 
ever. I mean, this is would, for it to be this like this would have never happened if Trump doesn't win and not only win, mm-hmm. but win convincingly. I'm wondering if. Tony Katz is looking at the sub-zero wind chills because when polled, 55% of the people say they will definitely, rather than probably, attend the caucus tonight. 55% said they're going to go. And out of those people, 62 are Trump supporters or are DeSantis supporters. So out of the 55 that say they're definitely going, 62% are going for Ron DeSantis. Look, it would be the most amazing thing in the history of politics. It'd be even more amazing than uh, Dewey defeats Truman. Hmm. Um, I, it, I just don't see any way that a guy could be that far ahead. I mean, even if you lost 25% of your supporters because of the weather, you're st- you should still win overwhelmingly. And uh, look, hey, speaking of weather, can we talk about the weather here? Sure. Well, there's a lot of conversation about quality of life in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of conversation about why we don't attract more people or why more people don't come here. Our population hasn't grown, uh, you know, relative to many other places over the years. Why these corporations, you know, choose other places. This is why. Today is why. <laughs> why would any person? Attempts? Why would any person want to have subjected themselves <laughs> to what we went through over the weekend, mm-hmm. where you're nervous about even going outside? Uh-huh. You have to have your heat on full blast yeah. and the defroster on full blast, even make it to work. Why? No. <laughs> but it's beautiful in the summer. Oh, yeah. The, the fall torna- is the, lovely. You the, get all the seasons. The tornadoes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can we just talk about that? That this is why when we talk about, oh, quality of life and struggle to attract people, there's nothing you're going to do about this, and it's not going to change. So unless you're subjected to being born here or have immediate family here or people that you are close to who live here, you're not moving here by choice. I will tell you that there's a part of the state that is having it even worse than we are right I, now. I agree. And that is northern Indiana. They've I, got seven, eight inches of snow on top of it. But when you have to make a choice of, hey, I probably better lower the heat in my house a little bit or I'm going to have a $9 million gas bill <laughs> mm-hmm. this time through, mm-hmm. that's not anything any reasonable person with options is going to want. Like If you're a person with options, you're a person with skill set, you're a young person who, unlike Kevin, is very motivated to be something bigger and better <laughs> than what they are today. And you're saying, I could go to Texas. I could go to Florida. I could go to uh, Arizona. I could go to uh, Nevada. Why would you choose Indiana, Casey? Did you see that the... uh, What do we have going for ourselves other than the race? (laughs) Did you see the uh, Federal Highway Administration has made a change that you can't have humorous electronic messages on the highways anymore? You know how they would would do funny messages, Uh like especially on days like today about the ice or Mm -hmm. slow down. They're now saying that you can't do that anymore. They're going to be banned starting 2026. So it's not like... uh, Visiting your in-laws, slow down, get there late. <laughs> um, did, you know. Did you leave your house this weekend at all for any reason? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't do anything. This Why weekend. would you? Yeah, not a Why, thing. Uh, there's and, and so now you are telling when you are recruiting the populace at large to come to your state. Hey, why don't you come here? Um, there's like probably three months out of the year where you simply won't want to leave your house. 
on the weekend. <laughs> Today's one of those days. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear from Ron DeSantis. He gets a participation trophy that's on the way from 93 WIBC. underdog and uh, he predicted he's going to do very well in the Iowa caucus that from Ron DeSantis he was given a participation trophy Rob okay okay time out so I'm torn on this because on one hand this is hilarious Mm -hmm. because if you were to say most underwhelming campaign of the primary cycle it has to be Ron DeSantis some of it is fault. Some oh, there's it, great potential. Some of it not his fault. Some of, the, I mean, any other year, I think he's probably the overwhelming front runner and probably likely nominee. And instead, he's the great, you know. And th- this happens all the time. Is Rick Perry, Fred Thompson, uh, Bloomberg did it. There's all sorts of these people who get in, and you're like, oh my gosh, she's going to totally change everything, and then is out within a few months or whatever. So on one hand, that's hilarious. But then on the other hand, I was thinking about this. Do we have the audio of this? Mm-hmm. Are we going to play? All right. Yeah. What? Why don't we play the audio? So DeSantis is at some campaign event. Yeah. And this guy just walks up to him, right, and hands him this participation participation trophy and starts mocking him and his campaign. Uh, real quick, before we get started, thank you, everyone. Governor DeSantis, I want to present to you this participation trophy. <laughs> now, probably not going to win the election, right? But we're proud of you for trying. I mean, Sorry, buddy. Sorry. He's special, he's unique, and he's our little snowflake. Thank you. Here you go. Do you want the award? We're so happy to be They thought it was funny at first until they heard what he was saying. And Rhonda Sanditon's, he didn't take the trophy. He wouldn't shake the yeah. guy's hand. They were just like, over here, please. Move uh, this way. Okay. So, on one hand, that is funny and hilarious and chuckle, chuckle, and we're clearly playing it on our show. But then there's the other side of me. And you know me, Casey. I am a traditionalist. I am an old person in a beautiful young body. <laughs> I am a person who reveres institutions and the norms and the way things used to be. And there is another part of me that thinks our politicking is totally out of control. And people, oh, look at Rob Kendall, the social media guy and Mr. Inflammatory saying this. What I mean by that is not being critical of people, not going at people, not pointing out the flaws of people, not doing everything you can to win. But there was a time in politics where your side was yours and their side was theirs. And these are their events. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to vote for them or like them or, you know, you don't respect them, hey, that's great. But you have respect for the people who are there and they stay out of your lane and you stay out of theirs and we're all going to go vote and everybody. And now it's like the, the, the line has been totally divided where it's like there are people who genuinely were planned their day around going to that Ron DeSantis event. It's a, still a big deal for many people to say, I've seen a presidential candidate in person. Maybe some people, probably not too many, but some people still trying to even make up their minds. And you're disrupting that event mm-hmm. for those people. So given my reverence for the past and the way things used to be, I kind of give this guy a thumbs down, though I did chuckle and find it hilarious. Does that make me a, just a complete 
hypocrite? Am I all over the map? Am I just... No, I totally understand what you're saying. It's mildly funny, but it's more rude and disrespectful than anything. Because people, and we've talked about how cold it is there right now, and they're making an effort to actually go hear what this candidate has to say. And that guy with his silly little participation trophy, he's trolling, but he made it about him. Rather than letting the people who are there to listen... Receive what they came for. Right. He it, took it, time away. It, it's like when, because people, this now has become a point of interest to people because of his implosion. People will say, well, when did you and Todd Rokita go sideways? And I'll tell you the event that really did it for me is mm. Rokita, when he was running for U.S. Senate, was trolling the two other people he was running against, Braun and Messer, mm-hmm. at the events where they came to the state house and brought their signatures turned in their signatures to the Secretary of State's office. And at one event, he had people in like an Obama and Clinton mask. And then another one, there was a milk carton guy in a milk carton, I think Luke Messer, because he wasn't showing up to vote in Congress. And I remember watching that going, that is so beneath you as a sitting U.S. congressman at the time. And two, the process, because that's their day. Like that's the day for the people who helped them get the signatures and their family and their friends. And you wouldn't want people doing that to you. If you want to beat those people up in ads or in social media posts or, you know, debates, fair game, game on, let's throw. But you're ruining their day and it's so childish. And I just look at this as sort of the same thing. It's like, that's the day for those people in that campaign. And I don't know. I think I've, I've, I've talked myself into giving this a thumbs down. A lot of people uh, think that, you know, Ron DeSantis, he wasn't playing along. Well, why should he? It's disrespectful. And that's why people think it's a clown show. When, you know, it is. When, if, he, if Ron DeSantis was going to play along with that, it would have been demeaning to him. So he was like, yeah. no, this, and they were like participation trophy and second place and thanks for coming, Snowflake. Ron DeSantis is still out there saying, no, I got a chance. And, and this is why candidates get as guarded as they do. We've on this show before multiple times ripped office holders who have invited the public to events and then thrown people out who weren't doing anything wrong filming or you know whatever (laughs) and those people are a-holes and some of them are down the street from us at the indiana general assembly but the reason they get cover or get to be guarded like that is because people like this who abuse the Mm -hmm. system this guy wasn't there filming you know opposition research is fine hey get your phone out film the guy if he says something stupid you know post it on the internet whatever all that's fair game but you are disrupting the process and ruining it for the people who actually are there to try to learn and be a part of the thing or just simply supporters i mean it's just it's uh, yeah i give it a thumbs down one thing i don't give a thumbs down to though casey yeah is kurt darling yep and he's up next with your news it's 93 wibc it's jumped up 277 percent good morning it's kendall and casey at 936 it's 93 wibc we're talking about biden's migrant crisis the illegal border crossings have jumped 277 percent since trump was in office let's see here republicans blame biden for the surge after he relaxed all the trump era border restrictions and uh policies which the democrats have called inhumane and ineffective Does any of this make sense that if you were a person who legitimately cared about the country, if you were a person who said, I want America to be safe and I want it to be secure and I I want our laws to be enforced, that you would be 
allowing this to happen. And make no mistake, the Biden administration is and the left yeah. is allowing this to happen because they want it. And there's no way if you actually cared about this country or the safety or the security or the long-term future of this nation that you would be allowing this sort of thing to be taking place. You'd be demanding action. You'd be demanding answers. You would be just 24 hours a day, seven days a week focused on this. And the reality is, and we've talked about this many, many times on this show, that the majority of the people on the left, the tenant of the left now, is that America is an inherently evil place. It is unredeemable. It needs to be burned to the ground and built back up in an in a vision and an image that they see fit. And that's what the, you know, the summer of love was about in 2020 with the riots. And, and, and this is what the, the indoctrination of kids has been about in the public education system. And this is also a, you know, a, a tenet of that, which is that we want as many people in this country who do not care about our customs, do not care about our norms, do not have respect for this nation. And they're just allowing these people to flood across the border. And they'll, if they catch them, then they just send them off into the ether and say, we'll see you back here in a couple of years. And you are seeing the rapid, deliberate, changing of what it means to be America and Americans. Yeah, you wonder, at least you should, who they are what they want to be doing here and where they're going. 80 people on the FBI terror watch list have been caught at the border. And you mentioned safety. Well, just last year, over 150,000 pounds of marijuana was seized at the border, 140,000 pounds of meth, 81,000 pounds of coke, and here's the big one, 27,000 pounds, over 13 tons of fentanyl, was seized from these migrants crossing the border illegally. Well, they they know this too. It's not like that you get the you get these reports and go, "What? They're bringing dangerous illegal drugs into mm -hmm. the country?" They know what's happening. Yeah. They know people are getting killed. They know families are being ravaged. They know that these these many of these people are are a catalyst for addiction or violence or a host of other things. And they just not only do they turn a blind eye to it, they are in support of it and they demonize the left demonizes any person who stands up and says, now, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. Why are we doing this? So you've got all these sanctuary cities, New York City, Washington, D.C., L.A., who say, yeah, come, we want you here, we want you here, until they actually do. And that's exactly what happened again in Chicago. About 20,000 arrived last year. The city of Chicago spending $138 million on the crisis. And around 15,000 asylum seekers are now uh, crammed into 27 different shelters across the city. But their governor, J.B. Pritzker, he's the guy. He signed legislation making Illinois one of the most welcoming, st welcoming states to migrants. And what does he do? Well, he has a meltdown because they're sending the migrants to the state, the place that he said, yeah, come here. Our doors are open. Not enough has been done. There's no doubt about that. And I think that the president needs to do more. The Congress needs to do more. Uh, cities out here that are the target of this political game that Governor Abbott is playing uh, are suffering. And here in Illinois, it's minus 29 degrees uh, outside with the wind chill. Uh, we have migrants that arrive from Texas virtually every day, uh, hundreds. And uh, we don't have places to put them. We don't have enough shelters 
greater space here. There are plenty of other cities where, you know, if he's going to send people, they could be sent. But no, he's choosing only Democratic states, Democratic cities. You're the ones who said you wanted them. You That's why the legislation city- saying, come on in. I, look, Illinois, Chicago is ill-equipped. New York, New York is ill-equipped. Uh, Los Angeles, California is ill-equipped. All these places are ill-equipped because I don't know if you know, Casey, here's how the government works. People pay taxes and then you provide services for the people based on the taxes they pay. Keyword being to the people based on for the people based on the taxes they pay. Mm -hmm. None of these people are paying anything, and yet they are demanding all of these government services. They are requiring all these government services. So no city's going to be equipped to do this because there's no revenue source for it. There's no money bin to to amply staff or feed or clothe or house any of these people. And so it's not going to work anywhere. But instead of doing the right thing, which is we must shut down the southern border, we must take control of the southern border. We must ensure that these people, when they're caught or sent back to their country of origin, it's the exact opposite approach because the Biden administration and the left hates this country and they want to see it burn to the ground. I'm amazed that these governors of these blue states are saying, well, they keep sending them to our cities. Yes, you signed legislation saying you were a sanctuary city. And then they attack Abbott from Texas, whose state said, no, we don't want this. Like, he's the bad guy. So Joe Manchin, he was on Face the Nation, and he said that the uh, border is the greatest crisis we face in America. He was urging President Biden to set a deadline of this week for Congress to get a deal on border security done. And he also thinks that POTUS should declare a national crisis. Put a deadline. If it doesn't happen this week, this is such a crisis and it's a dangerous crisis at the border. The president might have to take executive actions. Declaring a crisis, national crisis, a national crisis at the border, and do what needs to be done to shut that border down and secure it until we can get a handle or until legislature, the legislature can come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. But leaving it open, thinking that we're all going to be kumbaya and it's all going to come together, uh, is not the uh, prudent course to take, I believe. The reason they can't get a deal, though, is because your party, Joe Manchin, demands things like enhanced asylum or amnesty. That is why this catch and release stuff. That's why you can't get a deal. The Democrats, people like Joe Manchin, always try to act like they're the most reasonable person in the room. When the reality is they are the facilitator of the party that is for the chaos. It doesn't make, you should be able to totally take Republican and Democrat out of the equation. We should be able to look at each other and say, it makes no sense to allow people to come to this country who you don't know who they are, why they're here, where they're going, or what they're doing. We should not want those people coming into this country. If you want to have a conversation about we need more of this type of person or that type of person or these workers or that workers, great, happy to have it. That's not the conversation in front of us. The conversation in front of us is that there are millions of people every single year illegally flooding into this country. Most of them are allowed to just go on their merry way and are supposed to be on the honor system that they're going to report back for a court date in a couple of years. Cross my heart. And it is the Democrat Party. Does that make any sense to anyone? Democrat, Republican alike. Do you want people in this country who you don't know who they are, Mm -hmm. why they're here, or what their intention is? No, of course not. And the only way to stop that right now, you can have the other conversation next about we need more of this worker or that worker. Fine. But the conversation right now is stopping the mass 
illegal, the flood of illegal immigration into this country, and it must stop immediately. So they broke the law to get into the country, but all the other laws they're going to follow. Yes, of course. That's very silly thinking. And the only way that Joe Biden is going to do anything about this is if it's polling bad. Because that's the only thing he cares about, is staying exactly where he is. We're going to hear uh, more from Joe Manchin coming up later in the show. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Do you want to talk about this? Uh, these nine different bills that are in being introduced into the Indiana legislature this year? Oh, how exciting. I'm sure they're just really uplifting and no doubt going to be for the betterment of all of us and just make life a lot better. This is just a much better state, Casey. Nine different bills aimed at legalizing marijuana. Oh, and they'll in all be Indiana. flowing right through. Casey, all right, no we'll doubt. talk about it coming up from 93 WIBC. Ten minutes away from ten, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the legalization of marijuana could be a big topic ahead of this year's legislative session. There are currently nine different bills that have been introduced that include marijuana or cannabis in their titles. Most are aimed at legalizing the plant in some capacity. Never going to happen, Casey. It will not happen as long as Lockdown McGee is running the show. The uh, Indiana legislature said several years ago that they are in their actions have certainly backed this up, that they are uh, totally subservient to uh, Lord Eric the Red on this issue Mm -hmm. and most other issues as well. And it's absolutely uh, pathetic, but uh, hopefully next year, a new governor will be in place, Mm -hmm. someone to likely disappoint us in spectacular fashion. But maybe one of the things they won't disappoint us on is having some common sense Reforms as it relates to at least legal access to legal medical cannabis in the state of Indiana. So in total, six Republicans and four Democrats have either authored or co-authored legalization bills. And recently, marijuana has been recommended by scientists for reclassification as a Schedule Three drug, this at a federal level. But in past years... Um, People have cited the proximity to other states where cannabis is legal as reasons to have it legalized here in Indiana. They've also cited different tax revenues like Illinois and uh, the money that Michigan makes as incentive to pass similar legislation here. Yeah, but those things are all secondary because I always say, well, Illinois, I don't care what Illinois does. If Illinois, you know, they have wide open abortion restrictions. Right. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that we should be like Illinois. I've never bought into that argument just because your neighbor does it, that you should you should do it. Also, the to me, the tax revenue is secondary because all the Republicans do here is use it to grow the government and and help their donor and lobbyist friends. So that ain't going to help us at all either. What it should be done on and the merit should be done on is it's your life. If you're doing something that doesn't harm other people. You know, unlike heroin, it's not like there's a scourge on communities of, you know, marijuana use. And if you want to do it in your own home, now I'm not a person that thinks, hey, on the public square, you should be able to make it make it smell. Then what what do I care? Mm -hmm. What do I care what you do in your own home on your own time that in no way affects me now? Should there be restrictions just like with alcohol and getting behind the wheel of an automobile or operating heavy machinery? Yeah, of course. But there's no there's no harm to me based on what you or Kevin, not to say that you and Kevin, 
do this in your spare time, but what you do on your own time. I don't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're a couple of heathens. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I just, I simply don't, I don't care. And the bigger conversation is the medical side of it, that mm-hmm. we, we push people into getting addicted to, to very dangerous, potentially life-ending opioids and yet we have a possible solution for some people, not all, but some people right in front of us. And we deny them access to that, a conversation between them and their licensed physician. It's just all of it's gross. I wonder how much of this has to do with the fact that uh, Lily is here in Indiana. Huge. And how much, you know, they donate to the different campaigns. Huge. And and look, the, the Republican Party in Indiana is the party of big business. They are the party of the donors and the lobbyists at the expense of you. Mm-hmm. But if you're a person that this is a big issue for, you have only yourself to blame if you're a person who keeps voting for the Republicans. The reason they don't like you, the reason they don't respect you, the reason they don't put you first is because they don't fear you. And they know in election after election, no matter what buffoon they put out there, from Todd Young to Diego Morales and all points in between, you people just keep rolling over and voting red no matter what. So no, they're not going to do anything for you until you make them have your interest first. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. By, by the way, real quick, I did want to yeah. point out, yeah. uh, we do have an update. Uh, I have confirmation. Uh, my good friend Robert Vane, who has never led me astray. Oh, right. Uh, he has confirmed that Suzanne Crouch will be here the first week of February. Oh, fantastic. We don't have a firm date yet, but we have confirmed via text message on mm-hmm. our cellular telephones that she will be here the first week of we February. We have a general idea. So I think we should have her sit right here so that she'll be on the YouTube for everybody to see. Whatever you want to do. Okay. Maybe I'll just throw a, uh, a monkey wrench all of it and just call in sick. <laughs> do it from home. Uh, so how cold is it? Did you see uh, the game over the weekend? Andy Reid's mustache froze I and did. Patrick Mahomes' helmet cracked. I did. As hey, well. my new thing is I'm voting. I'm betting on the Chiefs' money line, no matter what. Yeah. Because that way, one of two things happen: either I win money, mm-hmm. or Taylor Swift loses and I don't have to see her anymore. You Same didn't like the dance. You didn't like the dance she did, or the wave, or whatever. Same thing it was. with Detroit. Either either I'm gonna win money, or I'm not gonna have to see Eminem every 20 seconds. <laughs> it's all I can't lose, Casey. Four minutes away from 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 W. Bye, BC.